With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Bro, I have to feel like to be finally out here playing lacrosse it like good. you. It feels good. I, I just, uh, to, to see these kids doing their pregame warm-up and having the music on and, and seeing them in their uniforms and the smile and even the lessons that we're learning. You know, I told them today that when we started that second half, this is where you learn lessons right now. You know, we're, never mind being in school and being in a classroom and, and, you know, having people tell you that you're great. Right now, you have this incredible opportunity for 12 minutes, just talking about the third period, to go out here and show us what you made Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I, I think the boys are really enjoying the schedule. Uh, it's you know, certainly uh, fun to play the, the best teams that you can play, and uh, we're learning a lot about ourselves. And that's the that's the key. Early in the season, you learn, you know, make adjustments, you, you fix mistakes, you see who can do what. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for the first time in two years to the Long Stick Podcast, Game Time CTs lacrosse podcast we're gonna try to get a little girls in here last time we uh yeah. we, we we met last time we met it was just a boys one we're gonna try and get the girls in here but this is the game time ct podcast covering lacrosse in the state of connecticut mostly boys well but we'll have some dave stewart uh, get some of the girls on too. get show them a little bit of love too because hey they play the same basically the same game as the guys do joining us a little bit later on the show is foreign coach brian atkins who's been Basically everywhere. He was at West Haven. He started the program at Brantford, and then he started the program at Foreign. And he's also on the CIAC's uh, lacrosse committee. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about some of the changes that happened over the off season, and you know, and how scary it was for a little bit there. But what kind of lacrosse season we were going to get, and plus a bunch of other things. So we're happy to have Brian Atkins on a little bit later. But welcome back. I'm with me as always is Michael Fornbile. Michael, how are you? Doing all right, Sean. Good to be back. Been too long. Yeah, been ba- way too long. And you been way too long since I covered a, a sports season. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, it's been, it's been kind of it's been a rough it's been a rough go for us. We were both on news. Uh, you yeah. you were actually yeah. writing news stories. I was managing stories. It's been really rough. And you know, uh, we as we get into this boys lacrosse season, um, you know, there was some con- consternation. There were some worries that this thing there wasn't was. going to be able to go off. And, uh, and, and they managed, but I guess basically there were some things they had to do with the rules, but then at the end of the day, it really didn't matter because the governor opened the whole state up. So, you know, much ado about nothing, but they did make one major rule change. And that was the, the face-off. They went to the NCAA model, which, which is the, the palm up grip at the cross. Um, no more moto grips, no more knees on the ground. Players have seemed to adjust to it pretty well you know, depending on what kind of team you're watching, but the top teams, your Darians, your Ridgefields, your Staples, your New Canons, you know, have done just, just fine uh, uh, in this new role. Uh, what have you seen out there, Mike? Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. You know, they said, you know, they wanted to make it a little more like a real ground ball as opposed to a, a technical thing of its own. And yet, that, I forget who it was who said, you know, you and I went out and talked to some people about it in preseason. You know, some, someone said, you know, the, 
the guys who are the best face-off guys are probably going to be the best face-off guys again. I think we've seen that for in large part. You know, you, you see some of those guys that uh, that you expected to be there are, are still doing pretty well. At the same time, you see, you know, I, I've seen enough of Ridgefield over the last couple of weeks, Ty Prohaska jumping in there, you know, kind of settling things down at the X for those guys too, a little bit, making it a little more even. So it's an interesting kind of, kind of dynamic, but uh, like you said, it seems like those best teams have kind of adjusted as well as they can. Yeah. One of those guys is, is Ty Kamiski from uh, Darien. You know, he was a kid who, uh, yeah, he was a, he's a junior now. He was a freshman. The last time we saw Darien play, they won the class L championship over Wilton in that, you know, that, that dismantling. And uh, so far, you know, we, we saw Ty, uh, we, I saw Ty against Ridgefield, you know, the Ridge, it was Darian number one, Darian, our preseason number one. It was their first big game of the year. They're playing uh, Ridgefield, which was number two. And and Ty was just lights out. I mean, he, he, you know, like I said on uh, on one of our videos, he, he looks like a fullback because he is a fullback on the <laughs> Darian football team. You know, and, and this is a guy who didn't play football. He, he played a little bit of the independently for Darian. And uh, and he, uh, he's been crushing it. He looks like he wants to hit some guys out there. And he's been <laughs> running people over. And. You know, and, uh, you know, guys like uh, Shin at uh, New Canaan, uh, uh, you know, they've held their, he held their own, his own against uh, Comiskey in their meeting last weekend or last Saturday. But, uh, you know, Comiskey's been a huge part of Darianne, which has got a lot of things going for it. And they didn't need a, a great face-off guy, huh, Mike? Right. And then we saw Henry Dodge last night for Staples do a pretty good job at Treasure. It'll be interesting to see how they, uh, how they handle each other on Thursday. Yeah, they, Staples yeah and, they're uh, playing – yeah, they're playing uh, Thursday. Uh, they're playing Thursday night. Uh, with, it's been a weird start to the season. I mean, all the big names have been playing each other. A lot of them playing twice awesome. here. Yep. Ridgefield got the brunt of it. They played a top team. They played every single one of their rivals, a top team in the FCAC, at least once already, and they're going to get them again. And then it could be a third time or maybe even a fourth time mm-hmm. if things hold true. I mean, then you have uh, – a lot of it's been regionalized. A lot of the schedules have been regionalized. Uh, due to COVID, you know, the SWC is, is, is just playing SWC teams. Um, but the, the FCAC, they all reached out to Fairfield Prep. I mean, Fairfield Prep, you know, they couldn't usually get a game, you know, maybe <laughs> the odd uh, New Canaan, uh, but uh, usually Prep couldn't, uh, you know, there's always been that animosity between Fairfield Prep and the FCAC uh, schools. But it's great to see Fairfield Prep playing all these teams. And what a young team they have this, this year, Mike, huh? Yeah, they do. I only saw them that once at Ridgefield. I mean, you see some of these freshmen and sophomores jumping right in and, uh, and contributing and you know, playing key roles. Something else, you know, freshmen on defense and sophomores running the midfield. And, uh, they got some work to do, but you know what? They got some talent. Yeah, they certainly do. I mean, you know, some of those guys, I, I was cutting the highlight reel against New Canaan, which, you know, they were right in that game. It was just kind of the face-offs, you know, took, it, took their toll on them as new candidates want to do. Uh, but, uh, you know, with a, with a heavy freshman and sophomore and, you know, guys who didn't play a lot of these guys didn't play a lot. They, yeah. they, they've played pretty well. Uh, speaking of all these top 10 teams, let's see, let's the third this is the third one, right? You know, I know we're a little late this on this. Is, podcast. Yes, this is our, yeah, this is our third, our third top 10. We're going to run this down real quick. Um, and just talk a little bit about each of the teams that we've seen this year and where we stand now with the top 10. Um, you know, number one, Darianne, you know, I, you know, I, they were without knowing much about the teams. I think that was an easy choice for number one. Huh? And they've so far, 
have been dominant. I don't know, you know, they must have been playing lacrosse all throughout the the last year and change because they look like they're. I know Jeff doesn't want to hear it. He's, you know, every time you talk to him, you guys are playing great. Well, we, you know, he's a perfectionist. Well, we we didn't do this, we didn't do that. Yeah, Kaminsky. Well, he, you know, he didn't get. He had too many turnovers. We got to cut those down. You know, he's, he, but, I guess that's how you get to unanimous uh, number one constantly. Yeah, no, I, that no, yeah, no, no question. But they've been great. I mean, then there's their attack and then their goaltender, Andy Demopoulos, who you're really shown against New Canaan uh, on Saturday. He, he was great as well. Um, you know, and with that, they're great defense, you know, Ivanchek and those guys. Um, I don't know. I mean, they look like the, they, they got the, the two years ago, they kind of got upended on the way to the FCAC. They got beat by Wilton, if I recall correctly. It's, it's so long, I don't remember. Yeah, in the semifinals. Four, three game. And they, it wasn't a shoe-in that they want, they were going to win the state championship when they played Wilton again. Wilton was all fired up. Darian completely just dominated them. Um, and now, you know, it, it's a little bit different now. Darian looks like they're the team to beat in Class L, hands down. Right. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen them yet. You you have. I'm looking forward to seeing them and uh, maybe a couple times this week. And you know, they're they're just always there. You know, the depth is always there, the talent's always there, and they've 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 developed those kids up from a very young age, I'm sure. So it, it, that's a that's a program. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number two is Ridgefield, which you did a story on them, uh, Mike. You've been really busy with the stories. If you, if you haven't seen my read any of Mike's stories, please go to gametimecd.com. Hopefully, you're there already. Go check it out. Uh, he did a story on the the Colsey uh, brothers playing for their dad, Roy. Dad Roy, who I saw at Syracuse play when he was a senior and I was a freshman. I remember watching him. Not covered in MLL in Bridgeport. We'll go back. Oh my God! Yeah. Um, so Roy's been around for a while. One of the greatest midfielders ever, uh, and his boys, you know great you have ryan who's going to virginia didn't want to go to syracuse like his old man oh well but uh ryan has been you know he's he's their top guy uh no pressure to go to syracuse they said they were, they were very clear no pressure it was the, no it was the, as a dad should dad should let his kids yep, choose, exactly. his own, choose their own path yep. i would have nudged him a little bit and been like you know, let's <laughs> listen don't you want to follow in your old man's footsteps but I, I don't begrudge roy at all you know he lets his kids follow their own path he's going to virginia mm-hmm. but it was good to see syracuse top virginia get back on get back on track a little bit in the NCAA um but anyway so that must have been nice for dad but uh, they've been great obviously Kyle freshman you know Ryan's played played when he was a freshman didn't play last year and they have Kyle and they're already scoring all kinds of goals for for uh the Tigers there they lost to Darien not a bad game for them they just kind of got out class a bit on the faceoff so um you know you've seen him a few times you saw him play Wilton uh the Shepherds great at goal um yep. they have they have some guys yeah, yeah, they they they've got some talent all over the place. You know, they can put the, they can score, they can uh, they can defend a little bit, and uh, yeah, kind of all around. They've they played pretty solid. I think they're pretty. Um, I think they're you know they're they're pretty solid number two. I think right now, State Mon, you know, Staples maybe maybe yeah. Staples says something about that. But, uh, we'll yeah. see down the road here. Yeah. But, uh, well, number three solid. is Staples, who we saw last uh, last night against Cheshire. Um, you know, I thought Cheshire gave him a really good game, but, uh, you know, like you said, uh, you have Henry Dodge okay. winning a lot of key face-offs there. You have Ryan Thompson showing up there, and, uh, you know, the goalie played really great against the, their opening win against New Can. That was really big for Staples. Really nice job for them. They get Darianne. We'll see 
just how good Staples has improved over the last two years. Number four is New Canaan. Uh, you know, it's been kind of an up and down there. They had some injuries. Maybe they contributed to the Staples mm-hmm. loss. Uh, you know, they, they got edged by Ridge, Ridgefield. Roy held the ball. Chip didn't like that too much and even said so after the game. Uh, you know, he, he was, he, he's a, he's a team shot clock. Still drying out from that day too, by the way. Oh yeah. No, it was really well. Oh, he is, yes. But uh, Chip's team's shot clock, you know that, you know, he likes to move the ball. He likes to see, but Roy likes to slow it down, you know, take the sure thing and, uh, and get out of there. But, you know, I don't, I don't blame uh, Chip too much on that because it's tough to watch. You know, it's like basketball. We, we complain about it in basketball all the time when a team holds a ball. And uh, but that's Roy's MO, you know, and that's and as Chip even conceded, look, that's the rule. And we got to figure out a way to stop that. And maybe the, the best way to do that is to make sure you're not losing the Ridgefield late in the game, huh? Would help. But hey, that's 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 the task, right? Yeah. Um, all right. So like, number four, uh, it's like playing the Yankees in the 90s. You got to win the first seven innings. Yeah, <laughs> you got to win the first seven. Right. Say, say, that's a great analogy. Really good. Good one. Um, it's still a pretty. It's an okay. interesting team. New, New Canaan's got some guys. You have uh, Chris Kinnett. Yeah, you have Ryan Coyone. And then you have Callum Wood on the attack. He, uh, he was the guy who was out and has come back uh, to help them get the, in the win against uh, Fairfield Prep. So that was a he, – he had a big day. So I don't think – you know, rocky start. They were they are three and three. They had much of the last week off. The last time they played was on Saturday. And then uh, they're going to play Stanford uh, uh, on Thursday. And then they, they're kind of getting into a little bit more of the, the must-win portion of their schedule, meaning like the, the teams that they, they should beat. Um, so uh, New Canaan, number four. Fairfield Prep, we talked a little bit about them. They're a young team. But right now, they've been dominating the SEC even as a young team. So I don't see anybody really com- competing with them in, 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 in that league at the moment. Maybe Cheshire. We'll, we'll have to see. That'll be an interesting game on Saturday, Fairfield Prep versus uh, Cheshire. We get to see where the SEC stands. Uh, Cheshire looks like the only team right now that maybe it could hold a candle to, to Fairfield Prep, which has just been dominated right now. But, so number six, your boy, my boy, Marty Morgan and the uh, Rebels. Last time we saw them, they were hoisting the trophy in Class M. Now they're dropping a Class S. What gives, Mike? Enrollment numbers. That's what gives. When they give, you drop the class ass. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting little division there. You got St. Joe's, you got Summers, you got some very interesting teams, and it kind of left Class M a little wide open too. It's a new team. It's not the team that won the Class M right. championship it's... overwhelmingly against Weston two years ago. Um, you know, Matt Constantinides is the is the great faceoff guy there, and uh, but he even that they they've been winning big. Immaculate twenty-one to two, Pop Rock seventy-five. No one's touching them. I mean, Weston is is Weston in the picture there? That'll that'll be the big one. That's coming up this week too. That's uh, what day is that? That's next this coming Wednesday hmm. at New Fairfield. So that'll be interesting. I mean, you know, the that uh, Weston Newtown Barlow uh, Troika there. They played some close games against each other, but uh, really, you know, they're. They're waiting on playing New Fairfield, except for, uh, you know, well, well, Weston's waiting on, you know, Newtown and Barlow have uh, both played New Fairfield and both uh, lost by four or five, I think. Right. You know, close, but uh, but not that close. So So I guess the key here is, and even in the FCAC, is to see where, how long or if the other teams can close the gap just by playing games over the next few weeks. 
that's basically where we where we stand right now. See if they can f- fix what they need fixing and maybe close the gap and uh, challenge these teams. And, and by the time we get to the state playoffs, we'll see. Uh, number seven, restrained well, Wilton team uh, right now, you know, loose New Canaan, loose to Richfield. They, it hasn't been real close, but they've been in the games, like you say, in the poll here. They, they, they lost to Brunswick in a, in a non-CIAC game, and Brunswick's the top program, and it wasn't too bad for them. I think it was might have been like, what, a four or five, six goal game, maybe seven? Yeah, finished 15-7, yeah. Okay. But, uh, it was Brunswick. I mean, I was a little surprised that uh, that they fell as far as they did on some ballots and, and wound then up seventh. Uh, you know, they, even that Richfield game, you know, it's, it's, it ends up four, but I mean, you know, you know, Wilton's, Wilton's pressing to try to get the, you know, try and get the ball back at the end of the game. They give up a couple easy ones, you know, it's right. sort of the empty net goal kind of thing, right. or, you know, could have been a nine, seven game and it ends up 11, seven and, you know, close one against McCain and two. I think they're still right there. Yeah. I mean, listen, they, they you know, were, they're, they're kind of young in some spots too. You know, they've, they, I think they've, they've got some depth in, in some spots and, you know, it's kind of, do they have that one really big, uh, big offensive weapon? I'm not sure if they do. But they've got some, they got a lot of depth and they got a lot of guys who can, who can play, I think. I haven't seen him yet, but, uh, you know, I hope they have the same type of characters they had in the, the team two years ago. You know, the, uh, <laughs> the drivers and the, you know, the, uh, the, go- uh, the goalie, uh, Cal uh, Bracey, yeah, who's yeah, at Davy yeah. now. And uh, those guys were characters and it was a pleasure to cover them. And remember, remember that them, team, yeah. Matt, that team was what, they were one and eight at the midseason and they came flying back and so it'll like that's what i'm talking about can a team correct what it needs to correct make the adjustment needs to adjust and then make that that run like wilton did a few years ago maybe it's maybe it's wilton i don't know uh number eight is cheshire which we saw against staples we mentioned them a little bit uh i actually was really impressed by some of the cheshire players i mean they they look like a pretty you know they're 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 a young team in a way in that everybody's a young team, but there's some talent there in the underclass. I mean, some seniors uh, who have been great, um, but, uh, you know, I was impressed. I thought Cheshire was going to get blown out of their own building by Staples down, what, three, nothing. And then, then five to one. Five, one yep. And then came back. Thanks to, uh, you know, yeah. Came back. Thanks to, uh, thanks to some face-off opportunities and, uh, and some man ups. Um, I thought they played, I think their attack is pretty good. I'm again, like you said, Saturday, we'd like to see them uh, really show up against Fairfield Prep to see if we really want to, you know, take them serious, especially in the SEC. Number nine, Weston. You saw Weston against Newtown. Um, they're undefeated. Uh, any any thoughts on Weston? I mean, we talked a little bit, little bit about them, but any thoughts on Weston as the team and uh, if, if they uh, maybe can get back to a final? That was a good game. They had they had a couple of guys who who have played in. The- in, in past years, Jacob Strouch, I think, was one of them, and that uh, that had a big game against Newtown, came up with some big goals, and uh, yeah, they, they they played a pretty solid game that night, and you know, it'll be very interesting to see what they do against New Fairfield. I think that's kind of what we're all kind of waiting for, just yeah, like see where where things stack up a little bit. Similar to Cheshire to Fairfield Prep, you know, Weston. Let's see how they do against uh, New Fairfield. Uh, on Wednesday, and then number ten, Greenwich slow to get started. They were in quarantine. Uh, they didn't get to, they didn't play their first game until last week. Uh, they lose I'm Staples. Four or five guys, even yeah, lose Staples, lose a prep, and then they got to get their first win defeating West. So I guess the jury's still out about, uh, about the uh, Cardinals. Um, you know they have another good faceoff guy, Quinn Warwick, um, but uh, you know he uh, 
he was a little behind, as you say, uh, getting getting free of quarantine. But uh, but they're going to need him. They're going to need that him. That he wasn't there against Fairfield Prep, and that was kind of a big deal. I mean, obviously, those are face-offs. You win those, you give your team a, a much better chance, obviously, to win the game. Um, so really interesting to see who they got. They have McMahon this week. Saturday, though, is their big one at Ridgefield. We'll see how far Greenwich has progressed. So and that's about the top 10. You know, Glastonbury was in there. It's probably not the same type of team it was two years ago when they had all those seniors plus the year off. You know, it's been kind of shaky. They they did play Darien, and like most teams, got their doors blown off, and uh, but they did beat Summers, and uh, they've been hanging in there. And then there's St. Joseph. I don't know a heck of a lot about St. Joseph, but they always seem to be one of those, you know, teams that they play in the FCAC, they play all those tough, those tough squads. And then they kind of take the uh, they drop the extra bat in the on deck circle off, and they go into class S, uh, and they and they do really well there. Anything on St. Joe? They got hit with quarantine too. They're coming back uh, Thursday against uh, Ward, I believe, and uh, you know, so see what they do. They've got a couple of, you know, I think they're the pretty. I think they're pretty close to their usual selves. You know, they got some pretty good uh, talent, and you know. Well, they compete with the in the you know, hanging with the FCAC big boys. I don't know, but uh, once they if they, well, if, we had a crazy stat two years ago, wasn't it? Like every almost every time that they've qualified for the Class S tournament, they made the final or something. Yeah, like that. So yeah, they're, they're right there. The last ten years or something crazy like that. But and we know they've been tested, if nothing else. Yeah. Also receiving votes, you have Barlow, which we discussed a little bit. You have Fairfield Ward, Hand, which crushed Notre Dame, which I was shocked about. And then you have also have Summers there, which is playing a, a CCC schedule. So uh, just before we uh, we get to our guest uh, for this week, Brian Atkins, lacrosse and Connecticut lost a big one. They lost uh, Bob Russell, the uh, hand assistant coach, Madison resident. He's been on all these committees. He voted in our first uh, top 10 poll, and then sadly he passed away uh, the following week. Um, you know, great loss for, uh, for Connecticut High School uh, lacrosse. He was a big advocate of the sport. Um, Michael, you know, what can you tell us about Bob and, uh, you know, what we're going to miss? Yeah. You know, I, I didn't really know him that well. I knew of him, you know, over the past couple of decades, but you know, you, you look, you know, I start researching to, to write the story that we wrote last week and, you know, you see, you see it all in one place and it's incredible, mm. you know, just what he did with, uh, you know, with youth lacrosse in Madison after they moved to town almost 30 almost 40 years ago, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, building that program, building uh, Connie lacrosse, um, you know, work that he did with college coaches, a hockey official um, for years. Um, you know, his three sons all, all played at uh, Fairfield Prep, all went on, played in college, uh, and just sort of everywhere. You know, he's one of those guys who, who was uh, – who, who was everywhere and, you know, getting, you know, coming back to lacrosse over the last couple of years and, and having him as a voter, you know, him and, and Frank Barron and within the last year, losing the two of them, you know, both voters and, and getting to, to talk with them a little bit, you know, by email and a little bit by phone too, just to, you know, their, their perspective on everything on, on life, on the sport. You know, it's, it's been a rough year in so many ways, but, you know, specifically now those two guys you know it's it's a tough loss for this uh, for this sport in the state yeah yeah he was obviously uh, instrumental he was on you know big time committees and you know he's yeah. on the cross hall of fame yeah. in connecticut and uh you know it was certainly uh 
give our deepest sympathies and condolences to his family and, uh, you know, the Madison lacrosse community at large and the Connecticut community at large. Uh, you know, we, we lost a good one and, uh, you know, there's not really much else we can say about it. Uh, uh, we, we, uh, we wish his family the best. So uh, without further ado, uh, I think uh, we're going to bring on our first guest, Brian Atkins of Foreign. Joining us on the show, our first guest of the season is Foreign coach Brian Atkins, Mr. Lacrosse. He's been everywhere. He's been, he was at West Haven for a while. And he started the program at Brantford and they started the program at Foreign. I mean, you know, there's so many programs you're going to be, you could, you could be starting. When's, when's your next gig, uh, Brian? How you doing? Welcome. Uh, thanks, th- Sean, Mike. Thanks for having me on. No, this is, uh, this is the last stop. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty confident that uh, I, uh, right now, you know, I'm, I'm a father of four. I have uh, two boys, two girls. Uh, I have one son who's a sophomore, uh, the other son who's in seventh grade. I, I think when, uh, when these guys finish up uh, playing, I think, uh, you know, that for me will be uh, 30 years as a head coach. It might be time to, uh, you know, who knows? You know, I, I know my wife would love me to uh, sit back and uh, spend a little bit more time with her in the spring. So uh, we'll see, but I, I don't envision uh, anywhere else other than uh, foreign high school. Yeah. Well, I mean, tell us a little bit about foreign. First of all, how does it feel to be out there? I mean, it, it feels semi-normal. That must be great. Yeah. You know, the games that you've been to, you know, I know it was tough because they didn't have a season last year. Um, you know, that's been a thing that a lot of coaches have dealt with. They did, they did a plenty of, you know, I guess there was, there was plenty of off season camp stuff that was limited, but, the kids were able to play, but just not, you, you just didn't know what you had. And, you know, it wasn't quite the same. Just how, how's it been, uh, you know, getting back into the swing of things? I think the, the word for, for me and my guys, it's really been therapeutic. I mean, they call lacrosse the medicine game, you know, where the native Americans used it as a relief. And, and for us, it really has been, we, this past Saturday, I love Saturday home games for me. That's my favorite game of the week. I get there. We play at 10 o'clock. I'm usually rolling about eight o'clock. I set the pylons up myself. And for me, it's kind of like my relaxation time. And, you know, just think about, you know, the game ahead. And when it's a nice sunny day, like it was this past Saturday, uh, those to me are, are, are the special moments, uh, coaching and then, you know, just being around the kids. And, you know, as I told the kids, you know, we lost our first couple. We lost our first one to Sheehan and we got back on the bus. And again, that was a Saturday game. It was a road game. I said, you know, we were a little disappointed that we lost, but as I told him, I said, 12 months ago, we have signed up to do this. You know, we had 13 seniors last year who didn't get a chance to play, uh, you know, and just like everyone else, you know, throughout the state, you know, there's a lot of seniors who didn't get a chance to get their senior year. So for us to get out there uh, and play, it, it really has been joyful. And, uh, you know, we're playing a little bit better lately. Uh, and so I think the kids really are just, they're really having fun. And it's, you know, you look at our, we have only five seniors this year, but they're just five tremendous uh, leaders and captains. They're all five are captains for us. Uh, you, you could just see the, the, you know, fun that, you know, now that we're getting fans at games, you know, some of them may have played a, a fall sport or a winter sport with, uh, you know, limited to no, no fans. So, uh, you know, it's been nice just to, you know, keep saying, trying to get back to that, you know, normalcy. Yeah. I mean, you started off Oh two, which, you know, I'm sure you didn't care really that much. Now you're, now you're deep in the season. You rattle off what five straight wins. 
Uh, you got a tough Amity uh, a game on Thursday when uh, this is the day before. This is Wednesday we're recording this. And, uh, you know, you, you said uh, in the preseason you thought Amity was pretty good. But just tell us quickly about your, your team. You know, uh, took a little while to get going, but, uh, you know, who's been doing well for you guys and, uh, you know, how, how's it been? Well, you know, for us, like I said, we, we were 0-2. And at that point, you know, you're like, oh, boy, wh where are we heading with this? And then we, you know, we face a, a tough Brantford team coming on a Saturday afternoon. You know, and, uh, you know, Brantford coach was my assistant for all those years up in Brantford. He's one of my closest friends, Coach May. And, you know, we're in a battle. And we're at that point in the season, we're really struggling to score goals. We're, we're pretty good defensive. We have uh, uh, the kids that would have started last year and who had played two years ago. Uh, a lot of varsity minutes were back. That was our, our, our three defensemen, Aiden Schumann, Devin DeMarco, and Luca Ubaldi. And our goalie, who, junior Simon Collette, also started as a freshman. So we know we were strong down that end. And we were chasing uh, two to Brantford at one point early fourth quarter. Uh, and we were able to rattle off some uh, three goals and get the win 6-5. And that kind of, you know, propelled us going forward uh, against Hamden. And then, uh, and then Sheehan, who, you know, we lost 11-5 opening day and come back, uh, you know, less than two weeks later. And we were able to, to take them 12-8. Uh, and that was a, a huge, uh, like, swing game for us realistically because – uh, we had a great week of practice uh, after the Brantford game. I think the kids were buying in even more uh, to, you know, getting back to the, that working hard mentality that we always try to do. And, uh, you know, they start, you're seeing success and, you know, they just keep, uh, just keep going forward, you know, from there. Uh, so, you know, we're very happy with the way the kids are playing. The kid, they're, they're, they're great kids, one, and, and they, hard they do everything we ask so it, it's it really is it uh, it's so much fun to coach and uh you know we just really kind of enjoy being around each other every day man you uh, mentioned Aiden you know saw the tweet the other day that he uh committed to con college uh, nice step for him what, what yeah kind of no he's him? he's a kid who uh you know started as a sophomore uh you know he's just kind of like a lacrosse junkie you know he, he truly loves being around the game he's the type of kid that you know he goes and plays pickup lacrosse with his dad at times you know all summer long uh you know in con college first of all great academically and uh, i think just a great fit for for him you know we're very happy and very excited for him so uh i mean you, you get to see as everyone's finally playing lacrosse out there i mean has it been uh you know how much rust have you seen out there the teams that you've played that and maybe even in you a bit i mean and how's that you know and they got they kind of like muscle memory get it back together get it back well, you know, the first two weeks for us, it was, it was rough, <laughs> as rusty could be. It was, it was, it was like, oh my God, can we even throw and catch? Never mind, you know, set up uh, offense, defensive packages. Uh, so, you know, I, I think, you know, talking with a lot of coaches throughout the state, we're all in the same boat. There's a lot more time, I think, uh, you know, conditioning and stick work, kind of those, those first two weeks of practice, uh, to just try to get going again, you know, to, to get, like you said, muscle memory to, to get back. And I feel like now you, you see it in practices uh, now that, you know, we're, we're throwing the ball a little bit better. You know, we want them to really, when they focus on their passing, you know, try to throw it hard to the stick, uh, you know, half cradle and get it out of their stick, you know, try to keep that ball moving faster than, you know, the defense can react. And so, you know, are we at where we need to be right now? No, but we're working in progress to, to get there. Well, let's kick the kick the tires a little bit. You're on the, uh, the you're on the committee. You're one of the guys there on the uh, on the uh, CIAC committee, um, you know. And there was a little consternation back when we had these these 
uh, the NFHS, their medicine committee had these strict high, low, and, and uh, you know, middle uh, risk factors. And there was a lot of people who were really worried about lacrosse. I mean, and, you know, you, know, you must have gotten a lot of calls. I know I called you a lot. Probably Mike yeah. did, <laughs> you know, just to find out what happened. Just take us through how that all came about. And I know the governor, when the governor decided he's going to open everything back up, and I, but I think there was some steps you guys had to take. I mean, how worried were you that uh, maybe there wasn't going to be a lacrosse season given all the, or at least it was going to be restricted or, or like it was for football? Well, we really, honestly, it, it was a constant communication. I know uh, Brian White was on the committee with me, the Guilford coach, him and I were talking constantly. He was probably one of the biggest advocates. He was, you know, figure out yeah. any possibility. And, you know, I, for us, it was, all right, are we going to have it? What's it going to look like? You know, the, no face-offs, bring the ball out of the goal, which a lot of us were, were adamant against. But at the same time, you know, we wanted to play. We looked at how uh, the MLL last year, the pro one pro leagues, they put the benches on the opposite side to spread the players out. We, we were fine with that. Uh, you know, we spread the kids on the sidelines. We were ready to adjust for anything. And the good thing I thought for us was CIC was very supportive. They were very adamant that there was going to be a season, you know, talking with uh, – Dan Scavone and Greg Simon, and then they relay, and you know, the message from Glenn was we wanted a season. And so, right. you know, you keep hearing that, you keep hearing that. You're like, all right, we just want to make sure we get there. You know, so we came kind of came up with, well, looking at, you know, sitting around in February, you know, I'm watching some college games. Now the college had changed the face off. Really, not really wasn't about uh, the pandemic. They just wanted to, this was something I think they, they had in plan in place beforehand. Uh, with getting the face-off guys off the knee. And, you know, instead of the motorcycle grip on the stick, they had to have their top hand underneath. And the ball was getting out a lot faster. So on our committee, we, we talked about it. And then uh, Ralph Baldelli was the head of the officials on the Western board. He put together a tremendous plan. Uh, CIC backed it. And it's nice to, you know, for our kids, a lot of our kids, when they play summer ball, we usually play NCAA rules. Yep. So we, you know, when they're getting recruited by college coaches, you know, they want to see, you know, how they adjust. And this is kind of a big adjustment and a rule for, for the face-off guys. So I thought it was good, good rule for us to go to anyways, just so that it's something, that, you know, we have some, some pretty good face-off guys in the state right now. We're going to be face-off division one over the next few years. Yeah. It's a good way for them to, to showcase their talents. Was it, uh, I mean, was, was it an issue? Well, well first of all, is it, it wasn't a federation thing. The federation still goes with the old way or, you know, what, how does that work? I mean, I know, you know, usually Connecticut is part of the NFHS right. and you have to follow certain federation rules. There, and there are certain states that follow NCAA rules and like football and things like that. What's the situation there? What's the main rule and how, are we, you know, just explain that. Cause I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I believe the federation, cause the federation rule book just rolled over from last year. Okay. So I did not see any changes in terms of that. So uh, yeah, I would imagine that, but that's, uh, you know, a meeting that will uh, probably meet again uh, this summer. They meet every summer to discuss. So I don't know, you know, who knows, maybe we do go back to it. I, I like it personally. Uh, It's either a lot faster, uh, but you know, who who knows at at that level? It's a good question. So, so basically what you're saying is the Federation rule is still is that you're allowed to, you know, to do, right. use the motor motor the motor grip, 
right. um, and, and be on your knees. That the most most important thing is on the. It usually was like you have a, you could have your palm down at the cross, um, but right. now it's like you got to have it up, right? You got to face up with it with it. So I mean, it looks great too. The three NCAA is going to do it. I don't see why the federation wouldn't be like, well, you know, it might as well. I, I don't. Right. See why you know, again, non-pandemic, this was probably a rule that would get you. It makes sense from the standpoint we, we should try to mirror NCAA as much as possible, especially on something important like that to, uh, you know, to prepare these kids that want to go play at the next level. So, I mean, Glenn and the CIC, they were really pushing hard to make sure that they kind of relaxed those, those, you know, high, medium, and low risk stuff. They actually sent that because I, I think lacrosse was their main concern because, you know, if everyone's going to be outside playing it like normal, um, you know, and then also lacrosse gets hit with it. So I, I think they, from what all accounts said, you know, they, the CIAC and like, I guess the Northeastern, you know, associations really pushed hard for the NC, uh, sorry, for the NFHS to to change that thing uh is that that how you see it or is that how yeah you saw it? my my understanding is that glenn was one of the biggest advocates of the you know northeast uh you know state commissions in in terms of lacrosse because realistically you know it yeah i'm not trying to begrudge anyone you know i'm someone who has coached basketball i've coached soccer at the high school level and you know for basketball to be a uh, moderate risk and we were listed as high risk uh, it made no sense to any lacrosse coach considering and we were outside. Uh, there's not much skin to skin contact in yeah. lacrosse. You know, it, it's a, you know, it's a very rare thing. So we, we didn't get that, but you know, again, we're just, you know, happy that, you know, we're, we're past that and we're out there playing. Now you've been involved in lacrosse in Connecticut for a you know, long time. I won't date you too much, but you know, it's <laughs> been, a, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a while, three programs you've been a part of. And, you know, you look around when you first started, you look around and we talk about the growth all the time and, you know, just give us an update on that. I mean, we, Mike Fornabio wrote a story about capital prep starting one uh, up a few years ago. Um, you know, uh, you started brand because the guy who started a program, you know, you look around, you see all these programs playing. What's that like? Well, when I, in 96, my first year, I think we we're 32 teams. I think there was 16 in division one, 16 and 30 in division two. And now we're, you know, we're 98, 99. I read that article Mike wrote today and actually I reached out to that coach. It's just a tremendous job that they're doing up there at Capital Prep. And those are just the, the feel good stories, you know, uh, to, to see. And you see it even, even this year, you know, I always go look at the scores each night of uh, the games and you say, well, wait a second, that's really not a team that, you know, in the past you would think would, would get a win against someone and you know and they're performing well so i think the state tournament you're going to see some teams in there that traditionally have not been in there uh i think the growth of the game you see it in the, at the youth level you see it you know and during the summer there's a lot you know a lot of summer teams now out there yeah. so i think it's all heading in the positive direction you know our, our numbers are good uh i know in milford both high schools you know feel the jv and varsity there's some some programs in in who are struggling to field a, a JV this year. So, you know, for us, uh, we're actually playing West Haven at the JV level four times wow. just to get extra games because we're so close to each other, you know. So we, we actually were uh, – we just played our third JV game against each other the other day, and we got one more to go. We're calling it the uh, the, the Baybrook uh, Dive Bar Classic here. We're <laughs> – 
right in between the yeah, two right. of us. Right, right. The oyster, <laughs> right, oyster river, right? I, the oyster yeah. river classic, whatever you want to call it. But uh good that you know we're able to work that out because uh you know, just to get my my younger guys who who don't really get varsity minutes, uh, just more game experience. How is the the lacrosse culture in Milford? I mean, I, you know, um, how's it? I mean, it's it's grown over the years. Obviously, Law's got one now, and um, you know that that was a big step getting those those together. But um, you know, how how is Milford? What's you know what's there? I mean, it's a big baseball town. You got a lot of competition yes, there. Absolutely, and, and you know what? With I started. My wife and I, we moved here in 99 and we started a camp. I started camp back then. And my first year, I think we did, we had four kids playing in camp. And then we just kind of kept the camp going, going and going. And it, it hit about 130 a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, there's a lot of athletes in this town. I, I think the, the hard part for, for our set, for, you know, my guys and law is just, you know, we have a lot of talent. You know, I had a uh, current sophomore class. That was a really good uh, group of athletes. Those are the kids that for Pop Warner went to Disney. Uh, and for us at the lacrosse level, we, we had about 30 eighth graders playing. Uh, and, you know, we have, you know, of that 30, you know, there's a few at St. Joe's. There's a few at ND West, you know. I have a big class in that group, uh, you know, because, again, it's my son's age. Uh, so he was he's probably a heck of a recruiter. Uh, so we've got about about 15 sophomores for us, oh. which is really good. I know Law has a whole bunch of sophomores who I coached, you know, throughout the years. You know, some of those kids since first, second grade. So, you know, it, it's nice to to see the growth uh, in Milford. They, there are a lot of programs, but, you know, the the, the gap between the, the Darians and the New Canes and the FCAC, and it, it's still pretty wide. You've had a few instances where some teams have been made headway. You know, Glastonbury had a good team a few years ago from the north. And, you know, and you guys got to deal with Fairfield Prep and the SEC. Right. And, you know, I know Brian's had, you know, his, he had a good team a, a few years ago with Delusia. And, you know, they were kind of right there with them. You know, what are we going to see? I mean, the more teams, the more kids playing, you know, what's it going to take to kind of maybe just get a little bit more, tip the balance of power a little a little bit. I don't know if you ever catch Darian unless, unless Jeff retires at some point, or, but even then, you know, <laughs> I, I, uh, go ahead. What, what do you think about, you know, the gap here and uh, you know, how do we close that? We just well, get more. I think, involved? I think we're seeing it more so this year than I, I think it, it, right now, honestly, looking at the state and look at the scores, it's Darian. And even there's a drop off between the next group. Yeah. I, I think they're just, they're just at a different level. And that's, I mean, it, Jeff's incredible. He, he, he's just, he, he should be in the U.S. Lacrosse Hall of Fame. You know, he should be in the Connecticut Hall of Fame. Uh, those are honors that are definitely coming his way because what he's done with that program is, is just tremendous. You can't say enough I mean, uh, good things about him. I mean, that they're just every year. These, he just turns out, you know, just phenomenal players. I, I can only imagine what the, their practices have to be so competitive just for yeah. kids to get playing time. Uh, you know, this year uh, you see Staples – has really, you know, started to, to make that push to try to get up into that tier. You know, they were probably a little, a little drop below these past few years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Will's done a nice job getting those guys going. You know, Roy, is he's got his boys coming through now uh, over at Ridgefield. And, you know, I, he, he's someone who just every year, they, they're just a, a tough team. 
you know, uh, so in New Canaan, obviously they, they just put out talent after talent, you know, so those four. And then when you look at in, in our conference, you know, Fairfield prep, you know, Graham's a tremendous coach, someone who I've been around a long time uh, coaching summer with. And, you know, I, I think he's got a young ball club that I think is, you know, by the end of the year, he, he has that tough schedule. Uh, can compete and another one in our conference who I think over the next few years everyone's gonna have to keep an eye on is uh, Cheshire High School with uh, with Mike Devine yeah. he's got a another one he's got a tremendous group of freshmen and sophomores who uh, I think as they grow up over the next couple years and he's got, obviously he's got great you know great program junior senior wise too but as these younger guys come up and get through the program I, I think you know they're the ones who can take that step up like Staples. What's the, but what's, what, what's the difference between like a Darian and a, you know, or not even a Darian, maybe like you go to that second tier, uh, what's the difference between that and they, maybe, you know, the run of the mill team in the state, is it, is it the stick handling? Is that the toughest thing for, for players to get used to and, and running, you know, sets and then running offense and, and learning defense and learning goaltending, you know, what's the, what's the hardest thing to overcome to become a top program? Well, I think for those guys too, they, they just have, they got a lot of, especially down in Darien and Fairfield County, it's a lot of former division one players who are now coaching at the youth program. Right. You know, and I think that makes a, a, a difference in, you know, and maybe the amount of times they're practicing a week. And then those kids are, probably, you, know, you, you know, who's getting individual lessons, who's playing summer ball, you know, and that sort of thing where they're, they're have the, the, the capability of doing things like that. And so, you know, they're, you know, those guys in their high school coaches are just tremendous high school coaches yeah. too. You I mean, you look at, you know, you, know, you talk about Roy, Roy's one of, you know, when I first started playing back in, you know, nineties in college, you know, guys probably one of the best midfielders ever to play the game at the NCAA level, yeah. you know, and now he he's back, you know, and, and just, he, he is a, a lot to offer, you know, a Richfield program who, you know, when he got there, they were okay but he, he really has uh, elevated them to, to an elite status. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, the, the one thing I, you know, I look at, I, because there's, you know, there's still a pretty big gap and, you know, maybe at some point it'll close. And every year we say the sport grows, the sport's growing. It hasn't grown as fast as maybe, you know, you would think, but it's still growing. You look at it, like you just said, all these teams. Um, I mean, but the, you know, the, the CIAC pretty, not too long. I mean, well, I would say about 10, what, 10 years ago, they went to the, uh, went to the divisions, uh, the, the class division. They, they, they went away from the two division setup. They went to classes. Right. How do you feel like that's worked out? Well, that was back in 06, actually. Okay. So, uh, so my Brantford 05 team, we, uh, we were undefeated regular season, but then lost to prep in the first round of States. Uh, so I think that was the last year of it. Cause then in 07, we actually played Darien. So you have a Branford Darien in a class M final. That's when yeah. and M, and, you know, and they were actually at the bottom. They were almost were in S school. You're at the bottom of them oh and not God. L school. Uh, so, you know, I think it's been, it was good for the sport. Uh, I know some people would prefer to see uh, the hockey model. Right. Division one, division two, division three. But realistically, when you look at it right now, all the big dogs are in L. Right. So, so L is other than New Fairfield, who actually just dropped from M to S this year. They're <laughs> going the other way. Uh, 
with Marty, who uh, every you know outside them and Weston in the top ten right now, everyone else is an L. Right. I mean, it's not. It, you could argue kind of both ways. I mean, I always thought still we're still. I think still, I still think we're kind of at the hockey level. But then you right. get that one. You know, the, what about New Fairfield? Like New Fairfield's a small school, and and if they if they were if we were doing divisions now, they would probably be in one, right? They would be in the right. top one up there, trying to play Darien. So I could see the argument both ways. Well, they're a small school; they should get a chance to you know compete against other small schools. But the problem is, you know, there's nobody like Marty. There's nobody like New Fairfield at this moment. So it's kind of a tough well, thing, right? And another one too is is Summers in Class S, who's been right in, right there, and there. That's you talk about one of the smallest schools in the state. You know, I think they're, they're, you know, only a couple hundred kids. So, to, you know, they would be probably a borderline division. If we split by, you know, top 33, next 33, bomb 33, they're probably a top 33 program every single year. And, you know, I don't know how, I know uh, probably Kenny McCarthy would argue against me. Yeah. <laughs> or rightfully so. Well, it's interesting. They're playing a CCC schedule this year, right? Yeah, because they were at first, he was concerned he was only going to be N triple C for two games when I wow. first into him. So he, you know, and that's where, you know, when we started making these schedules in March, we we're all kind of like, what's our schedule look like? You know, I'm playing, uh, usually we played law twice. I think all the, the foreign law, all sports play each other twice. But this year I have uh, Amity twice, Brantford twice, uh, West Haven twice, and Sheehan twice to try to kind of fill out that conference schedule. Cause I lost a, a lot of SWC games because the SWC went to conference only. They are not playing any non-league games. Interesting. Yeah, that's right. I, I looked at, Hey, you know, you know what I, I, I don't. And I mean, I, I, I'm sorry about this. I, I don't know how you guys do the rating system on uh, as far as States go. How does that work out? I mean, I, do, yeah. did that, is that new? I don't remember it being switched. We switched to it a couple of years ago. It just avoided the whole, uh, tiebreaker by lot and what it is is for each win your opponent has so let's say i uh I know, whoever team a and team a's got two wins i pick up two points for each of their wins as okay. the tiebreaker so i would pick up so if i beat a team uh like you know whoever you're playing they, they have four wins uh going into the game i pick up eight but then i keep accumulating so each win, I pick up two bonus points. So it rewards the team that plays uh, opponents with more wins. Gotcha. Um, just quick uh, looking at the um, some of the rankings here. I mean, you guys are sitting there five and two. You got a 16 rating. Very good. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously, Weston is there. They're pretty tough. I mean, Massick's done, done very well. You have Barlow yes. there. Are those the teams? I mean, uh, where do you guys might maybe fit into that? Or I mean, also hand. Notre Dame West Haven, you know, I know hand really walloped Notre Dame the other day, but uh, you know, what do you think of the end division this year? I, I think, you know, I think there's going to be some good teams that they, you know, you look at like a, a Guilford who I, they're struggling right now, but if they got into a tournament, they would be, they would be 75% in this tournament. It's just a, a product of their schedule. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see who gets in. You know, I, I think, Obviously, the the SWC schools of uh, Weston, Barlow, and you know Massick's got got some good young talent over there also. But that that hand score threw me off last night also. Uh, you know, and I thought ND, you know, would is a team that you have to definitely watch. You know, AJ, someone who actually played for me back in Brantford. Uh, yeah. 
to, you know, obviously wish him a lot of success, you know, someone who I constantly, you know, still talk to. So, you know, and he's, he's gotten to the semis with, with ND already over there. He, he's built yeah. really nice. So, you know, I, I told him this past weekend, I said, you know, if you guys get hot at the right time and, you know, you have one of the top goalies in, in class M that you can uh, definitely, you know, make some headway here in the class M tournament. Yeah. You know, I mean, how's everyone feel though about uh, new Fairfield not being there? I know I got a few, I got a few DMS from a, I, I don't know. might've been Northwest. I don't know who it was. Northwest cat. They're like, are they really an S I'm like, yeah, sorry, man. And, and uh, but go ahead. We strictly go by numbers and they're not even, it's not even like they're like the top S school. They're like towards the top third. Wow. You know, so yeah, they, it wasn't even close to like, you know, well, maybe if we bump this one more here, one more there. So, you know, uh, when I informed Marty, he, he was a little surprised, but you know, Marty's the type of guy he, he, he wants to play. He wants to play the big dogs, you know, yeah. he, he doesn't back down from anyone. No, no, he'll have a few there. I mean, you got St. Joe there. I yeah, mean, obviously, uh, yep. some other teams are, are on the rise. It's not as strong as the other two. Um, you know, you got Summers. St. Paul's. St. Paul's been good this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, HK is doing well. I mean, but New Fairfield is a team there in, in, uh, in S. I haven't seen them yet. Mike has. And then it all looks like, you know, I mean, unless something changes and these teams get better, Darian, it's just unbelievable right, right now. So right. just real quick, we only have a few minutes less here. But, uh, you know, talk a little bit about Bob Russell who passed uh, this uh, past week. Yeah, um, and uh, you know what he meant to uh, lacrosse in Connecticut and lacrosse in the country. You know, it, it was you know I was pretty shocked when I, when I got the text that day. Uh, you know, I was in contact with him a lot more last year uh, when I, I lost a longtime friend and assistant coach and Frank Barron, and mm. Bob and Frank were very close. And uh, you know, between uh, uh, Bob, myself, and Jimmy, just Jimmy May, uh, the Brantford coach now giving updates to each other on Frank and, you know, and touching base with Frank. Uh, Bob meant so much to the game at, at every single level in, in Connecticut. He, you know, it's funny how, you know, even as me coaching, you know, Milford youth games and I'm going up to play a Madison team and there there's Bob coaching, you know, they didn't have to be the A team at Madison. He, he would coach any team at the youth level just to, he truly gave back to the sport. Uh, and then he was on the sidelines these past few years for hand, you know, so respected, you know, not only throughout the state, but the entire country. You, you saw, you know, the uh, the IMLC, the uh, Men's Lacrosse Coaches Association, recognize him. Uh, he was very close with Richie Mead, who was the uh, longtime Navy coach. And when uh, his son Matthew played there and they went to the uh, championship game, you know, obviously, uh you know, we actually had a, uh, Bob set it up for us. We had Navy, uh, I think it was 2005, actually came to Brantford. I think it was two. Wow. Probably yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. And uh, Bob was responsible for setting that game up with uh, Coach Mead. And they came out, they practiced uh, on a Friday and they played Providence on a Saturday. It, it was just, uh, you know, it's just Bob, just, he, he's just a, a tremendous person. It, I feel awful for, uh, you know, his boys, you know, but he's uh, he's someone who is so well-respected throughout the state. 
Uh, well, you know, we, we wish the best of his family. And, uh, you know, it was a great loss. He was a voter. He voted in the preseason poll. So right. at least he got some say on who he uh, thought. Mike, Mike, hang on to his ballot so we can, we can check uh, it at the, at the end of the year. We can do the you know, <laughs> ballot. But, uh, and Brian, you're also a, a voter too. So we appreciate that. And, uh, wow. you know, um, you know it, it's been a very interesting season. I'm glad to be back. I got a got uh, some sort of emergency going on here all right uh we start so brian amy thank you for for joining us we really appreciate you giving us a little time here on the the uh, the podcast you know hopefully we'll see you down the road foreign's playing well and uh you know yeah, keep hopefully. uh doing keep keep uh, fighting the good fight uh up at the cic level guys i just want to thank you for all your coverage it is you know i know i wake up every morning first thing i do is i'm going on gay time and reading the roundup from the previous night and then look at the articles and I know it, from the coaches and parents and players, you know, you guys are, you know, it's great. You do a tremendous job advocating and promoting uh, high school sports. So, so on behalf of everyone out there, we really thank you for everything that you guys do. I mean, we, we appreciate it, Brian. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, we, the one thing we need to do, though, we need to get a better box score system uh, set up there. We only get a handful of lacrosse scores and we got to. We got to, you know, get, we got to dig some out there. We, we appreciate I, what you, you send in your stuff in and. Well, um, uh, Joe, Joe did yell at me in the first one because I sent it in in an email. He says, start using the system. Yeah. Yeah. We have the I system. Had respect, in. Joe. So uh, I, I make sure I put it in that way every single time. And I actually was talking about it today with one of my assistants, the, and maybe it's just because I, I've been doing this for over 25 years, but the, the first thing I do when I get home is, is, is I used to, I used to call Joe, Seems like every time you pick up over at uh, Long Wharf back in the day. So uh, uh, I think it's just, uh, I think it's one of the coach's responsibilities that, yes, I, I like to see how many baseball, softball uh, box scores get put in. It would be nicer to see a lot more uh, lacrosse box scores put in. I got to figure out a way because we're getting killed here about, you know, not having a defenseman on our uh, uh, performances. Everyone's like, where's the, def-? I mean, I don't know how to do it, but. Right, you know, is hey, ground hey, balls, ground is balls and club turnovers. I saw, I saw one ground ball. Wait, listen, I got three tremendous ones too, but I think they they know it comes with the territory. Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate it, Brian. Keep up the good fight, and right. uh, thanks for giving us a little time here, guys. Thank you so much. Take care, boys. Appreciate it, Brian. Bye. See you, Brian. So, Mike, that was Brian Atkins. Uh, great to have him on the show. We haven't had him on yet, and uh, you know, uh, what can you say? You know, foreign. He's he's guy's been everywhere. Yes, you know, I, I, I covered lacrosse when I was first out of college in 19, well, we won't even talk. <laughs> I remember him back then. You know, I remember yeah. following, following through all three stops. Yeah, we talk about all the, you know, usually the, usually the big name guys, you know, you, you hear about the Brammeyers and the, you know, the Buzzios and, uh, you know, all those goes great coaches here. But there's so many guys who've just been involved in lacrosse for so long and are very, are just excellent coaches in their own right, uh, you know, and Brian's one of the good guys here. And, and uh, you know, he's he's been a big part of across here in the state. And, and uh, you know, he, he's been great. You know, it, he's had some great teams, too. So, uh, as he mentioned, so it was great to have him on. We appreciate it. So, I think we're called that a podcast, Mike. You know, kind of a nice to hey, get back. back. Yeah, nice to get back. You know, we're, we're obviously, you know, we're shaking the rust off here just like everybody else. We're going to try try to get the girls across involved in a, in a few weeks. And, uh, you know, but uh, for the most part, uh, I think we did all right, Mike. I think, I think we did a good, uh, good, good way to start. Maybe a little long, but I think we got a good start. Well, you were, you were, you were solid as always, Sean. Yeah. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, I, 
I am shaky, but we're glad to get the podcast back and fired up. And uh, we're looking forward to it. It's almost May. So we have about what, you know, a th- three weeks left until we start playing conference championships or conference yep. tournaments. Yeah, we're which, almost halfway there. Yeah. I mean, lots of teams. That's the thing we didn't really talk about. Lots of compact schedules. They're playing the same amount. Lots of compact schedules. Yeah, Roy Cozley talked about talk about it a bit uh just uh, it's, it's kind of a grind and it's been a it's been a meat grinder for them and and it will be a meat grinder for some of these other guys but that's another podcast anyway so anyway so michael thanks for joining us and thanks to brian Atkins for joining us uh this has been the long stick podcast for michael Fornerby. i'm sean patrick bowley we'll see you next week